1: to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life.
0: No purchase necessary. VTW report void we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.
1: With your local Farm
2: Bureau insurance agent. Good morning. Welcome in. Wild weekend in college football. And we're going to hit a good bit of it for the next 23 minutes with Tom Luganville on the Yingling Lager guest line. Lug's National College Football Analyst with ESPN. Tennessee takes down. Bama, and Ole Miss wins again, and Ole Miss uh, is number one in the West right now. Now, this is all going to play out, but uh, it, it's wild what's happening in the world of SEC football right now, and we bring in Tom Luganville, National College Football Analyst with ESPN. Luke's, what time did you get home from Utah?
3: Uh, at about 5.45 in the morning
2: yesterday on a red-eye. <laughs> mm, 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 mm. <laughs> yeah. Well, good morning to you um, Yeah,
3: right, Ex- exactly But it, the, the good news was I got to get into the airport Where I had about five hours to kill And catch up on all of the day's action Around college football Because what a dizzying Saturday it was,
2: man. Uh, it, it, was it was incredible And I, I need to start with uh, With Bama and Tennessee and Ole Miss So, watching... Uh, 52-49, Tennessee with an unbelievable win. And Bama loses. They played well, too. I guess neither defense played well. But just walk me through. Ole Miss is now number one in the West. I don't think for a second that Bama can't, you know, run it, especially with Bryce playing. Uh, so when you look, can can Ole Miss do this? Or are you pretty confident that, that Bama will stay unscathed from now through Thanksgiving? How do you see it?
3: Well, listen, I think that if you look historically at this team when they've had a loss, it generally means scorched earth for everybody going forward, right? I mean, it's like they press the reset button and they just boat race people. It it gets them refocused, re-energized. They get a little bit embarrassed. Um, And Alabama's kids and their players and their coaching staff aren't used to that. But, and here's the big but, This is a sloppy, undisciplined team right now. And that's the thing to me that should be most concerning. If you're asking me, should Alabama win the West based off of personnel? Absolutely, they should. But 17 penalties, Bo? I mean, this this was a sloppy, undisciplined team, and it wasn't just Saturday. They've gotten away with it this year because they've been the superior team on the field. But then they went on the road versus a team that's red hot right now, and what do I always say to you? If you don't have the same personnel as Alabama, right, you have to play lights out. You've got to play your best game, and then you need Alabama to help you. And that's exactly what Alabama did for Tennessee, and Tennessee took advantage of it. And credit Tennessee, man, they were ready to play, ready to roll. Mm-hmm. Uh, but to answer your question about, you know, running the SEC West, I, I, I want to sit there and say I, I want to base it off the percentages of history and what Alabama's done when they have lost. But I don't like how sloppy they are right now.
2: Yeah. No, that makes sense. Two road games at LSU and at Ole Miss.
3: And then Bama.
2: Um, Well, I was, I was talking about Bama ha, has at LSU and oh, at Ole Miss. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? That's correct, yeah, yeah. So, uh, let, let's go to Ole Miss. Uh, mm-hmm. I didn't think that Auburn would be able to do some of the things that they did. But I was stunned. Yeah. Well, all right. Talk about that first, and then I'll talk about how uh, amazing the Lane Kiffin Marty Biaggi, onside kick play call was. But go ahead on <laughs> on that.
3: I, I just I could not believe that they were able to be that dysfunctional at quarterback and be able to move the football. Now, what they ended up doing was moving the football on the ground. But look what Ole Miss did on the ground. 69 rushing attempts, 69 rushing attempts. By the way, you know how many Mississippi State had the other day? Not many. Ten. Yeah. Ten. And so I was just – I think that Auburn is an abject disaster on offense. They have no rhyme or reason. They have no rhythm. The quarterback is is so problematic. But then when they decided to just line up and start running it, all of a sudden they they, they found a bit of a groove there, and and good for them – I think Ole Miss obviously has some work to do uh, in, in in relationship to uh, continuing to perform better versus the run. But if you're going to be able to run the football the way that Ole Miss did, and you're going to be able to counter what the other team's doing, well, that is a, a beautiful luxury. 448 yards on the ground for Ole Miss.
2: Yeah, Judkins, Evans, and Dart all go for 100-plus against Auburn. Um, how about that onside kick by Marty Biaggi and Lane Kiffin? How about that call? Unbelievable, right?
3: <laughs> Don't you love it? Yeah. I mean, just it's so him though. I mean, isn't that isn't that what he is, what he's all about? Like, should we be surprised by that in any way, shape, or form?
2: No. No, not at all. You know. Kiffin is operate. he just hired that guy from Purdue and, and Jeff yep. Brom staff, and yep. there are people in the business that think uh, Brom is off the charts, smart, good coach, and knows how to hire people and so on. He's at a ridiculously difficult place to win. But um, for Biagi and Kiffin to identify that and pull it when Auburn grabbed the momentum, man, right. that's the call of the year for for Ole Miss and in this state, between our two teams, Tom.
3: Yeah, and uh, the th- the thing that I think is uh, is is even is even better than the onside kick is the mule kick. What was what was he doing? You know the you know what I'm talking about on the sideline with Lane.
2: The mule kick.
3: Yeah, have you seen him?
2: No, y- you got to watch Lane Kiffin's.
3: I don't know what he was doing, but he's putting his his arms on the ground and kicking back up with his two feet on the sideline, like he was doing a mule kick. I have no idea why you have to go look. I can't believe you haven't seen it. I mean, the onside's beautiful and it was, and it was set up. I think that when you say pull out the onside kick at that time, there you go. There's lane. I'm watching it right now. The mule, I don't know what he's doing. You'll see it. Okay. But anyway. Uh, yeah. You got to go look at it. It's pretty good. The onside kick though. When you generally have those opportunities, it's a look that a team has repeatedly shown where there is a gap and a hole in their front line of defense, and then that's where you're going to typically target the ball. Now, you're going to go into that, and you're going to say, okay, we are, we are a green light on this if they are aligned the way we need them to be aligned, right? You don't just call it to call it. And obviously, if you see the separation in the front line for, for Auburn to the right side and you see where that was, um, there was just a bubble in their in their return unit, and then the kicker just executed it perfectly.
2: Uh, un- Can't bul- believe you haven't seen his his mule kick. Oh, I'll, I'll find it on Twitter after we knock down oh, yeah. this interview. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered
0: ChumbaCasino.com.
2: It's my little escape.
0: Now Judy's the life of the party.
2: Oh, baby, Mama's bringing home the bacon.
0: Whoa, take it easy, Judy. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandslots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today
2: at LuckyLandslots.com.
0: Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18-plus. Terms and conditions. Supply.
2: Tom Bill on the Yingling Lager guest line. You're listening to Out of Bounds, ESPN 105.9 The Zone. Um, what do you think? At... Uh, Ole Miss goes to LSU. All right, so now they're getting into the physical part yeah, of their are. schedule. Yeah. Okay. Uh, this is the meat and potatoes that most everybody. every now and then a team can pull a schedule, especially from the East, that they don't have to have. They don't do this. But this is the meat and potatoes physicality piece of the schedule. With Ole Miss pulling LSU this weekend, and LSU is kind of – figuring out under a new staff. Mm-hmm. But but Jaden Daniels went for 300-plus, 300 three, yep. 349. They went for 179 on the ground at Florida. I know Florida's uh, struggling at times, but they still have mm-hmm. athletes go down there to Gainesville and win. When you size up this game, 230 CBS, what do you see, Tom Luganville? I see the environment.
3: I think that's the thing. Is I think the next two weeks, Ole Miss goes to LSU. They go to Texas A&M. They're better than both of those teams right now, but the environment's going to play a role. You know, not having either of those two games at home, you follow that up with a home game versus Alabama. These two are critical, and I think this is where the pressure's on Ole Miss because they are the better team between these two teams. But you've got to go on the road, and you're right. I, I think LSU is improving each and every week. They're kind of finding their way, figuring out what they are. They're not perfect, um, but they, they've got athletes, and that scares you. And they've got a quarterback that you have to defend the run with and Jaden Daniels. That's always difficult, difficult to contend with, and listen, you think LSU is going to be studying the heck out of that Auburn take to figure out what it was Auburn was doing um, up front to have some advantages and to run the football the way that they did, because I, I thought Auburn did a really nice job when they finally decided, we just got to line up and run the football, these guys, and they and they did. So, um, I think both quarterbacks are still prone to make mistakes, uh, still prone to maybe make ill-advised throws, and generally with Jackson Dart, it's uh, as a result of his confidence in himself to, you know, just take a risk with the ball because he's talented and he knows it, but then he doesn't make that decision to just live to play the next down. Uh, you don't want to see that jump up and bite you on the road. But I, I think you're right about this. If you look if you look at the teams on Ole Miss's schedule to this point, the two teams that they have played that that they were, I think, very fortunate to get at home, obviously it was Auburn and Kentucky. They haven't had to play in a Rockets environment. You're on the road at Georgia Tech, right? You're on the road at Vanderbilt. That's why I think the environment is going to be very, very critical for Ole Miss to see how they handle it.
2: Yeah, they have the 109th uh, strength of schedule in the current AP Top 10. Yeah. Luke. Um, Yeah. You know, for example, Tennessee has the 12th, Bama the 6th. Um,
3: Arkansas is brutal.
2: Yeah. Yeah, no no doubt. I know you just had Arkansas this weekend. We yeah. may we may get to that. But uh, staying with Ole Miss, don't you think Dart is going to have to win them a game? That's usually how this game yeah. goes and this league goes, and he hasn't had to do that today?
3: It's, it's a matter of time. It's only a matter of time, and that's where I get a little nervous with him because, again, he is very, very talented, uh, but he's also prone to overestimate his ability and, from a decision-making standpoint where if he just checks it down or he throws it in the seventh row and you live to play the next down, that's what's going to win you more games in the end. And then they're going to get into a tight game in the fourth quarter and he's going to be expected to have to mount a game-winning drive or put them in, in position to, to kick a field goal. And it's probably not going to come with his legs. He's going to have to make some throws downfield at, at critical moments. And, we again, we, we just – haven't seen it yet because the schedule hasn't put them in that position.
2: Who do you like? It's in Baton Rouge, 2.30 our time, 3.30 years. Yeah. Um, again, we're trying to get a read. Well, we're trying to get a read on Ole Miss because of their schedule, and we're trying to get a read yeah. on LSU just because of their new pieces. Um, the line right now is is even. Who do yeah. you like?
3: I think it's a pick as well. I'm, I'm, I, I kind of feel the same way. But because of the game being at home for LSU, I give LSU a slight edge.
2: Okay. All right. Uh, When you look at – were you surprised Jaden Daniels was able to throw it for 349 yards through the air against Florida?
3: I've been unbelievably surprised that Jaden Daniels has played as well as he has in every facet. I I, I really, really am. He is playing – the football that he played for Arizona State as a true freshman where he looked so promising and it was like, whoa, you know, this guy might really start, start uh, becoming something. And then he regressed his sophomore and his junior year. I mean, he really did. So yes, yeah, to, to answer your question, I'd never saw a guy that would be completing almost 70% of his passes. Um, I, I thought he would have turned the ball over far more than he has. And, you know, if there's an area of his game that I think he's got to continue to improve upon is when he does break the pocket, and he does it a lot, and he's got opportunities with his legs, he could create more opportunities in the passing game if he'd keep his eyes downfield and maybe look for a late dump-off or a late deep throw because he's garnering so much attention running, but he has a tendency not to do that. He has a tendency to just, when he decides he's going to take off and run, he's taken off and run. And I think he could create more chances in the passing game by just taking a last-second look before he decides to, to, to tuck it and go. But – um, he's played – he's exceeded expectations, in my opinion.
2: Okay. Tom Luganville on the Out of Bounds show. Who do you have this week?
3: I have Texas and Oklahoma State and Stillwater. Should be a great one.
2: Oh, my gosh. Yeah. I like that. Sark and yeah, Gundy. be a good one. Okay. Yep. Let's go. Yep. Uh, who's the best team in the country right now?
3: <laughs>
2: oh, boy.
3: I think the most error-free team in the country –
2: is Ohio State? Is that because of their I, schedule, though?
3: Probably so, but again, they have not played down to the level of competition. They have played to their own standard, um, and I think. But I, I think they're the most error-free, and probably if you combine that with their talent, they probably deserve the number one ranking. If you said who's playing the best football right now, it might be Tennessee. Mm-hmm. I mean, the way that Tennessee is playing the game. Um, the way that Michigan should be in the conversation, the way that I did not see that Penn State game in Michigan game unfolding that way. I mean, that was a tail kicking by by Michigan against a, a Penn State team that's a, a good football team. So, you know, it, it's interesting. I, this, these conversations at this time of the year are something we've been lacking in college football the last several
2: years. I, I mean, like, agree.
3: And I love it.
2: We I have four teams, Tom. We do.
3: Yeah, well, look at, look at the way Clemson's playing right now. Yeah. Clemson's I, playing lights out.
2: I just think their schedule is, uh, you know, I, I think Clemson's, if they pulled, uh, if Clemson pulled Mississippi State's schedule, they'd be 9-3. It's well, just. Potentially. I, I, potentially could it's be. just where I have to go with that. But I, I do agree with where you're going. We actually have four teams right now, I think. Tennessee, Georgia, Ohio State, Bama, mm-hmm. who are all off the charts good and on any, any given Saturday can beat any of the other three. And sure. we may now it may not line up like that. Well, obviously three can't get in from the SEC. Two could. But sure. uh anyway, I, I think it's fun that, that, that we have this. I think Clemson will get worked um in the college football playoff, but maybe not. I mean, they'll get four weeks off and Well, they're playing good
3: football right now, I'll say that. And I think DJ's doing something nobody thought they'd be able to do. I I can't believe the way he's playing. And Dabo's taking every opportunity he can to stick it in everybody's face.
0: no purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
2: All right. What is the difference? Right, Josh Heupel was Mike Leach's first quarterback at Oklahoma. All right. Yeah. In the book, Swing Your Sword, he dedicates a chapter to talking about recruiting Josh Heupel, who was committed to whopping Utah State at the time. Yeah. All right.
3: I think it was Weber State.
2: Okay. And the yeah. rest is history. Okay. Sure. And, you know, all that kind of good stuff. What is the difference between Josh Heupel's air raid and Mike Leach's air raid? So
3: the, the true Mike Leach air raid is, is something that it, the the pass protection techniques are different, right? The passing game in relationship to the initial target of where you're going with the football is different. It's far more of an intermediate intermediate and underneath passing game. If you remember Tim couch at Kentucky, when Mike Leach was there, everything was dink and dunk. I mean, they rarely had throws that were even attempted to go past five yards down the line of scrimmage. Where, where the Josh Heupel offense differs vastly is the Art Bryles, Kendall Briles, and Jeff Levy influence. So Jeff was in Oklahoma as an offensive lineman. That's where his relationship is with, with um, Josh Heupel. And what they started to do is implement far more of a power run game that is based on outside zone, inside zone, and counter, and then play action to create vertical downfield shots. I mean, do you see how many balls they are throwing vertically in that offense and completing them? I mean, it's mine. Those are low percentage throws, Bo. And so the difference is really the, implement- the uh, implementation of the run game, excuse me, with the vertical passing game that comes off of it is really the, the, the distinct difference and then the amount of plays that they want to run. But you know the air raid is is is, is what it is scheme wise, but it was never a hey, let's get ninety-five plays in a game. These guys want to snap the ball between ten and twelve seconds having gone off the play clock every single snap. So the approach is a bit different too than your just your, your traditional air raid. And um and, and when you look at the traditional air raid why has it had some issues in its time? Because there's not a true devotion to a run game to complement the passing game. You know, I, I was praising Mississippi State the last couple of weeks, especially last week, 37 rush attempts. I think they had 173 or 178 yards and a dominating win where they were balanced over Arkansas. They play in the game against Kentucky on the road. They're horrendous on third down. All right. They have 10 rushing attempts, 10 rushing attempts for 22 yards. And the opposite for UK, 48 rushing attempts for 239 yards. Kentucky was really, really good on third down, almost 50%. That was the difference
2: in the football game. Right, yeah, and and to only run 47 plays, um, Leach is not going to have that 20-plus rushes on 40. You know, if they run 68, 72, 75, then right. then he could have those twenty plus rushing plays. But right. and, and you know, sometimes time of possession doesn't matter, Tom, especially with the when you and I sure. were growing up it did. Now the game is played so much differently through spreading people out and so on. It, yep. And explosive plays. I mean, good lord. Most it, of what we you right. and I grew up with was played between the tackles and three yards. Well, at no end. no
3: question. And and really but, what college football has become is red zone defense. Oh, no question. You're stop- yeah. You're not stopping people from the 20 to the 20. No. That's why we're seeing teams give up 550 yards and win the game. Right. If you if you start to see that on defense you're going, gosh, these guys are horrendous on defense. Right. Then go look at their red zone defense yes. efficiency and I guarantee yes. you it will tell the story.
2: No, no question. So that when when you look at that, and I think Kentucky's absolutely ordinary, Tom. Um I give Stoops and his staff credit. They, they, yeah. they worked and, and out coached Leach and his staff all week and, and throughout the, uh, the game on Saturday night. But, but Kentucky, they have nobody special on either side of the ball except maybe Rodriguez, and he's more of a throwback to when yeah. you and I were growing up in the 80s.
3: Yeah, I, I, I believe that they are going to. Like their young freshman receivers, Dane Key, Barry and Brown. Those guys are both true freshmen. They're going to be – let's not forget, how did this program become who they are? Development. So now all of a sudden we're starting to see a Kentucky team playing with true freshmen that are good enough to play because the program's gotten to a level that they have access to those players now. But that still doesn't change what they actually are. They want to redshirt guys. They want to be playing with people that are redshirt sophomores, redshirt juniors. And now they've gotten to the, the state of the program where they're playing with some younger guys and more talented, but they're still younger, right? Mm-hmm. And and I'm totally with you, especially when it comes to Will Levis. I'm scared to death that he's either going to be Jake Locker or Paxton Lynch, like he or
2: Hackenberg,
3: or Hack. Yeah, he well, he's such a better athlete than Hackenberg was.
2: Okay, but, fair enough.
3: But but I'll say it. He's a prime example. Uh, and I may be wrong. He's here's what okay. Here's what I'll say. I don't think he's gonna. There's gonna be much gray area. I think he's either gonna be Jake Locker, or he's gonna be Josh Allen. I'm not so sure. There's gonna be any any in between. Because if you remember when Josh Allen came out of Wyoming, he was hurt all the time and he turned the ball over a lot. And now, I mean, he is elite. He's not good. Like he he is oh, he's elite freak. And and so I'm I'm curious to see which Will Levis we will see at the NFL level, because I still think he's remarkably streaky.
2: I got a minute or less. Tom Luganbill on the Out of Bounds show. A&M at South Carolina. What do you think? Mm-hmm.
3: Oh, that's a good question. Uh, I think it depends on how Spencer Rattler plays. I think he's been very, very average. I think he's been streaky like Will Levis has. Um, and to, to me, I think that's a pick him just like the LSU Ole Miss game is.
2: Okay. Uh, fair enough. All right, uh, have fun in Stillwater. Thanks, buddy. we Will do. All right, buddy. Tom Luganville, National College Football Analyst with ESPN. He's got Texas and Oklahoma State this week. He called the Arkansas game, which is good because State's already played them, but Ole Miss will play them later, and Lugs will know all about them. No one else will have an interview like that going into that weekend. Uh, good morning. Welcome in. The Out of Bounds Show is brought to you by Farm Bureau Insurance. It's a Farm Bureau Insurance Monday. Bundle your – car and home and save with your farm bureau insurance agent. Ron Fowler, 930 on the Yingling Lager Guest
1: Line. When you visit Arizona, time is measured in moments, not minutes. Like the moment your work stress disappears as you kayak through the canyons. Or the moment you discover the life-changing effects of prickly pear chocolate. But nothing beats the moment you see the Grand Canyon for the very first time. (sighs) Visit a new state of mind. Learn more at hereyouareaz.com. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky. Lucky?